a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I am Lee Lonsberry. It's 1235, and on this day, much will happen. It's expected that in about 25 minutes' time, the President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, will appear from the border, delivering remarks from a border location in Texas. That, again, coming up at just about 1 o'clock. You know, timing of this type of thing often ends up being a fluid affair, so we'll have to be flexible with that. But when uh, he does so, it will, remember, be the first time uh, where he delivers public remarks since uh, the heartbreaking and tragic events that unfolded in our nation's capital uh, just under one week ago. I I know he answered a few questions and delivered some remarks as he was boarding Marine One uh, here this morning, but in terms of delivered and prepared remarks. Uh, We'll have our first opportunity to hear from the president, and we'll bring that to you uh, when it happens. All right, that's just one of the many items we are going to cover on today's episode of Live Mike. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to uh, a number of conversations throughout the day. We'll be looking at we're going to be looking at the resignation of President Watkins, Ruth Watkins, from the University of Utah after two years uh, as as the university's president. And interesting, I did a little bit of searching and found the average tenure, the average length of time spent as a university president, just to compare the two years spent by President Watkins in her role. And uh, surprisingly, it's six and a half years. Six and a half years is the average tenure of a university president. Anyway, we'll get into that later on in the program. Also going to be uh, looking at, uh, this really changes the landscape. There are a number of companies throughout the country, both big and small, that have made announcements that they will be withholding political contributions uh, for the foreseeable future. Many of those uh, companies have said specifically that they will be withholding political contributions from those Republican lawmakers who last Wednesday voted against the certification of the Electoral College votes. We're going to look at specifically why those companies have made those decisions, what those companies actually are and what they do, and then we'll be speaking with an expert, uh, a campaign advisor and uh, oftentimes campaign manager for uh, many candidates you know very well uh, to break down exactly what this means. Is it symbolic? Uh, Or does it have the potential to dramatically impact the way that candidates fund their campaigns? I'll I'll ask you this question right off the bat. Does it change your attitude? Have the events of this past week, have they impacted the way you will contribute politically? If you are one with a, a desire and the disposable income sufficient to offer up contributions uh, such as that, does it does it change anything for you? Anyway, that's coming up later on in the program. Right now, though, we have to talk about uh, the most pressing issue before the United States Congress right now, and it is a vote upcoming uh, this evening, specifically to pass a resolution calling on the vice president of the United States to invoke the authorities available to him in the cabinet of the United States uh, in, in Section 4 of the 25th Amendment. 
We have been over and over and over the details of how the 25th Amendment works. We also have been over the details uh, in the words shared by Speaker Pelosi that Mike Pence, Vice President of the United States, will have about 24 hours to do what the House will likely call for it later today. And failing that, it'll be time for impeachment. The second such proceedings to transpire during this presidency. Each time I say those words, I I end up taking a pause just to let it sink in. The second set of impeachment proceedings carried out against uh, the president, President Trump. Regardless of your politics, it's a heartbreaking thing when we uh, are in circumstances like this. And you know what? That's an, an inappropriate way to phrase that. There are no circumstances like this. This situation today, this past week, right now, is heartbreaking and historic. Historically heartbreaking at that. What if there were another option? What if it wasn't just the 25th Amendment? What if it wasn't impeachment? What if it wasn't resignation, as many have called? Uh, What if it wasn't simply running out the clock? I think those are uh, maybe the most easily digestible scenarios, most easy to understand. But what if there were uh, something shy of impeachment? Something that has only happened in American history uh, three or four times, depending on how you count. Well, there's a Republican from New York. His name is Tom Reed. Uh, I've met him a number of times. Uh, And he has often impressed me with some of the compromises that he is willing to make. Much to the chagrin, much to the chagrin of some of his uh, much more conservative-leaning uh, Republican colleagues in the House of Representatives and in Congress and elsewhere. But what he proposes is this, and he does so in the form of an opinion piece published in the New York Times under the headline, I want Trump to face justice, but the House shouldn't impeach him. I want Trump to face justice, but the House shouldn't impeach him. That's the headline of the opinion piece drafted by Representative Tom Reed. Uh, He's a member, uh, if not the leader, of the Problem Solvers Caucus. You've heard mention of that caucus a number of times, the Problem Solvers Caucus. It's a handful of lawmakers in Washington, D.C., both on the House and Senate side. Uh, It is populated, the group is, by both Republicans and Democrats. And uh, pretty self-explanatory if you uh, just think about the name they've given themselves, the Problem Solvers Caucus. Oftentimes there is impasse, which stems from deeply entrenched ideology. And the objective of this caucus, with which Senator Mitt Romney has associated a time or two, specifically in the introduction of that $908 billion stimulus uh, package or relief package. Uh, He's not a fan of the word stimulus, I know. Uh, That relief package. So the Problem Solvers Caucus, Tom Reed, their leader, published in the New York Times uh, this where he would, he wants Trump to face justice, but he shouldn't impeach him. And in this article here, in this opinion piece, he goes on to make the case for censure. Censure. A demonstration of the attitude of the House of Representatives and the Senate, should the Senate also pass it, that the actions and deeds committed uh, by either the President of the United States or a member of their very own legislative body or a federal judge 
is unacceptable and deserving of punishment. What do you think about that? I told you that it has happened uh, three or four times in history, depending on how you count. Uh, you see, what happens with a, a censure resolution, which I have... I don't yet have my hands on what has been drafted by Tom Reed, but I have been back and forth with a few folks who have laid their eyes on it, and uh, and it is making a number of lawmakers think. It is making a number of lawmakers uh, consider whether or not that is, in fact, an appropriate road to go down. And for those Republicans who are thinking politically down the road uh, about the, the tough decisions that they have to make, uh, that there is, you know, really no question about the egregious nature of what transpired uh, last Wednesday, and that was all preceded by that rally in front of the White House. Tom Reed, in his article, uh, in his opinion piece, he says, now listen, uh, impeachment, impeachment is something that cannot be rushed. It cannot be rushed for this reason. In the future, should we be in a circumstance where we need to use impeachment again, if we will have, if we would have rushed through today, we will cheapen the impact of its usage tomorrow. He also talks about uh, the legal ramifications. The House's article of impeachment, writes Tom Reed, specifies that it is for incitement of insurrection. But while the president's words may be unwise, intemperate, and wrong, Tom Reed proposes they may not qualify as incitement. And an impeachment on the ground that they will do inevitably erode the norms around what may be considered constitutionally protected speech. That's the position of Tom Reed. And for that fact, he proposes and quite literally is introducing today a resolution which would uh, put forth a censure. The collective will and the collective belief and position of the Congress, starting in the House, later in the Senate, that the actions of the president were unacceptable and they contributed uh, to much wrongdoing on the grounds of the U.S. Capitol. What do you think? Is that sufficient? Would that be sufficient for you? I want to hear from you. 801-575-8255. 801-KSL-TALK is the number. Again, 575-8255. If you want to send a text, that number is an easy one as well. 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. But my question to you, is the avenue down which we would travel to bring about a censure sufficient for the circumstances at hand? 801-575-8255. Your call's next. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike, and you're listening to KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We've been discussing... From the top of the show, we've been discussing alternatives to the 25th Amendment, alternatives to impeachment, alternatives to uh, resignation on the part of the president. And one of them, which has been proposed in the New York Times by a New York representative, uh, a gentleman named Tom Reed, a Republican uh, member of Congress and uh, the leader of what's known as the Problem Solvers Caucus. It's a, a bipartisan and a bicameral a group of legislators who come together uh, when the situation is tough 
It's a, a gathering of those who uh, come together with the sole objective of working through to a conclusion. And uh, there are some of the more extreme wings of both the Democrat and the Republican Party that sometimes look at those members of the Problem Solvers Caucus as compromising too much. And yet they do uh, have a number of suggestions that end up being pretty palatable to those on the receiving end. Uh, So censure. Censure is what has been proposed by uh, this Mr. Reed. He did so in a New York Times opinion piece. It's uh, well put together. It's well thought out. Uh, I'd invite you to read it and see if you agree with what the congressman has to say. The headline reads, I want Trump to face justice, but the House shouldn't impeach him. He offers a number of alternatives. Most forcefully, he suggests the possibility of censure, going so far as to today introducing a resolution into the House to censure the president. Now, uh, you might be asking, what the heck is censure? We've been talking plenty about the 25th Amendment. We've talked plenty about impeachment. We haven't uh, much talked about censure. Censure ends up being a formal condemnation, a formal condemnation of the actions or behavior uh, of someone in government, specifically the, the president, a member of Congress, or a judge or cabinet member. It's a formal statement of disapproval. Now, you might be saying that, you might be hearing that explanation and saying, yeah, well, what effect does it have? Well, uh, it doesn't remove him from office. It doesn't preclude him from running for office again. But what it does do is it, you heard me mention that Tom Reed is a Republican. What it does is it gives Republicans an opportunity to condemn this behavior or condemn what they uh, believe to be behavior undertaken by the president for uh, the events of uh, last Wednesday. It allows them to condemn and communicate disapproval without engaging in the impeachment process. Because there are those, and I'm telling you, there are those with whom I have spoken who do not like anything about what happened last week. They do not like anything about what the president had to say leading up to uh, the events at the Capitol building. But the process of impeachment, they estimate, goes a little too far in that the hurried nature of the process required to bring about uh, you know, the passage of an article of impeachment at this late hour, at this late stage of the administration, that it cheapens the impact of impeachment itself. What do you think? Do you agree with that? As I've explained censure to you here, as Tom Reed, we now know, is introducing a resolution, what do you think? There was a phone call which took place uh, just yesterday Uh, And I have read some of the notes from that phone call. The person heading the phone call was the minority leader in the House, Kevin McCarthy. And in that, he discussed a number of options. One of those being a resolution of censure under the rules of the House. A resolution of censure under the rules of the House. That is the uh, top Republican in the House of Representatives putting forth this as a possible scenario. This as a possible option. 
this as a way for those Republicans who don't agree with impeachment, who don't believe it to be an appropriate application of the process, but who also think that the president deserves reprimand, that his actions must be condemned, that they want to, on the record, communicate a statement of disapproval. Censure allows them to do that. In just a moment, we'll go to the phones, and I invite your calls as well at 575-8255-801-KSL-TALK is the number. Uh, Last thing I'd point out on this is procedural. It would require the blessing of Speaker Pelosi to allow this resolution of censure to be even voted upon on the House floor. So would it come to that? I don't know. I doubt it. But each and every one of the Republicans who has these feelings, number one, that impeachment is not appropriate, and number two, they do disapprove of the behavior and conduct of the president in relationship to the events at the Capitol last Wednesday. You can sign up as a co-sponsor. You can, on the record, associate yourself with this condemnation. You can do that. You can do that. And the strength of impeachment can be maintained for the future, if that's your belief. Joan from West Jordan calls. Uh, Joan, welcome to the program. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling in. What do you think? Is censure sufficient? No, I don't think so. I think the quickest she can get that guy out, he terrifies me. I really think he's mentally off, and if he's got more time, if he thinks getting back at the public because they're not voting for him, he can start World War III. That really scares me. Joan, listen, thanks for the the call. I, I understand what you're saying, and I have been made aware of, of certain phone calls to uh, leaders at the Pentagon, uh, calls placed by you know high-ranking Republicans and Democrats asking, okay, what's the worst-case scenario? What is the worst-case scenario? Now, the, uh, the Pentagon's not going to uh, reveal, of course, what that worst-case scenario is, but there are those at very high level thinking exactly along those lines. Got about a minute left. Let's go to Glenn quickly from Sandy. Glenn, welcome to the program. Hi there. Hey, I'm just wondering if you could play uh, what it is that the president would be censured for or impeached. I, I, because, I, well, I hear what you're asking. Rumor, it seems to be there's a lot of rumor about that he incited the violence. I have not heard anything that suggests that he was inciting violence. So I'd sure love to hear that. Glenn, listen, I am grateful to you for your call, and I, and I hear what you're saying, and that is a sentiment that's been communicated by a number of the texters here. Some folks, uh, you know, I talk about all of these uh, punishment measures, 25th Amendment, impeachment. Today we talk about censure. There is a large group of folks who heard the words shared by the president ahead of uh, the march on the Capitol when the violent protesters arrived and shattered the glass and doors and marched into the building. Yeah, there, there are many who heard what the president had to say and heard nothing wrong. I think that that group ends up being in the minority, but there is a group uh, that assesses the behavior of the president in just that way, such that he is not deserving of any type of retribution. What do you think? 57500, it's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Uh, i got to go to break now. My apologies to Patty for hanging on the line. Thank you for listening. Thanks for calling. We're going to take a break now. When we return, as I mentioned, the president is expected to deliver remarks from the border at the top of the hour. So when and if he does so, we'll bring them to you live here on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. 
Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.